Everyone has their own individual approach in life, but I have found that almost everyone is very tenacious. Hi, this is Sunny Bean. Today I'm hosting, wait, how do you spell that? A rare disease podcast. Today, I'm talking to J.G. Jones, a renowned illustrator who's been in the industry since 1994, working on cover art and illustrations for many popular comic book series. In 2009, J.G. received a diagnosis with polycythemia vera, a rare chronic blood cancer. Eventually, this became myelofibrosis. For the past decade, he has continued living as a successful illustrator and MPN patient. Now, he has taken his artistic lens to the MPN patient community in a new project, Rare Reflections, MPNs Unmasked, for which he illustrated a series of portraits paired to different personal stories of people impacted by MPNs. JG, welcome to Wait, How Do You Spell That? How do you spell that? Thank you so much. So recently, you've been part of a new project to give voice and image to members of the MPN community in Rare Reflections, MPNs Unmasked. Could you tell us a little bit about the project? Well, I've been working with Insight on this project to bring the myoproliferative neoplasm more attention. It, it's a suite of rare diseases a lot of people don't know about and have never heard of. They're rare blood cancers that can result in too many or too few of the blood cells, red cells, white cells, platelets, and those can cause a whole host of complications. So we're basically just trying to tell the stories of different patients who have one of these diseases to spread awareness about them. And so what is your part in the project? What I've been doing with the project is speaking to different people who are living with a different myoproliferative disorder. I get their story, we have a good talk, and then I take something germane to them personally and illustrate them. For instance, I interviewed a gentleman named David, was my first interview, and his passion is bicycling. And that's actually how he got his diagnosis. He injured himself, um, actually walking his bike back to um, his house and tripped and fell and broke his leg. And while he was at the hospital awaiting surgery, he uh, found out that his blood was out of order and he then subsequently got his diagnosis from that. So I did an illustration based on his story of him riding his bicycle. Do you speak to them personally and interview them before doing works of art? Oh, absolutely. And that's actually the most fun part is to be able to speak with different people and get their individual stories. Where do you get the inspiration for the illustrations that you make by images that they give you or maybe you come up with them based on the story? It starts with their story. I I try and find something that they're really passionate about and I illustrate them in that. We had one patient who's a dancer, a patient who's a a comedian, a comic. So I choose things that are their passion to show that the disease does not define the patient. There are treatments, there are things that can be done and these patients can live full lives and I think I'm a good example of that. Do you find that you incorporate the disease experience into the illustrations, or do you find that you more lean towards who the person is and let the disease tell the story within the narrative? 
Yeah, exactly. The second. I tried to let the, um, the illustration show something about the person um, and their passion and their story, their diagnosis, their journey is in the interview. So get a little bit of their personality in the image and then you can read the story of how they're living with their particular diagnosis in the uh, text. So maybe we can turn and we'll return to speaking about the project, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about your background in art and illustration. Can you give some background on your career? Oh, sure. Um, I am approaching 25 years as a comic book artist. I started out as a painter in New York and quickly decided that I wanted to do something else. Took my portfolio to a comic con and got hired by the first person I showed it to. And I have been working ever since for um, mostly in superhero comics for all the big companies. You know, I, I don't think there's a comic company out there that I haven't done something for at this point. When you make your illustrations, what themes do you usually work on? On doing the cover art, for example, of some of these different comics? It always depends on the story. Um, like these illustrations that I'm doing for Voices of NPNs, it starts with the script. So I get the script and try to find the best way to translate that, whether I'm doing the interior art or whether I'm doing a cover. I try and find the, the, best, um, the best way to illustrate the material. I'm not really uh, bringing myself to that so much. In 2009, you visited a doctor because you were experiencing fatigue and difficulty at work, and you ended up being diagnosed with polycythemia vera, a rare chronic blood cancer. Um, mm -hmm. Not exactly what you were expecting. So <laughs> <laughs> what was it like when you were first diagnosed? You know, it was actually a relief when I was first diagnosed to have answers to what were some pretty scary things that were happening. I was passing out at the drawing table and waking up hours later. I had strange itching pruritus, especially when I had a hot shower. I was lightheaded. I had foggy thinking. It was uh, really stressful not knowing what was going on. But when I got a diagnosis and could start treatment, I knew that it was going to be okay. We had a name for it. I could read up on it. I could understand the disease now and understand how to treat it. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about the disease and what the diagnosis meant. Well, I was diagnosed with polycythemia vera, as you said, and that is epitomized by all of the blood numbers being high, generally. Everyone's different, but in my case, my platelets were high my red count was sky high and my white count was also elevated. So you're in danger of thrombosis, stroke, heart attacks, anything like that, hypertension. So I immediately got in treatment, got a, a really great specialist and they got me under control and it stayed that way for the better part of 10 years when Oddly enough, the numbers flipped. They went from being too high to suddenly being too low. And I was anemic and bone marrow biopsy um, showed that 
I had transitioned from polycythemia vera to myelofibrosis, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's um, too much fibrotic tissue in the bone marrow that makes the blood product, so it can no longer function properly. What was the most difficult part about adjusting to life with a disease? Well, I've always been the kind of person that keeps driving forward. So basically it was finding ways to live with the disease and not let it slow me down any more than was necessary. So I would time my treatments as best I could around projects and things that needed to be done. And I also changed the way that I worked to a large extent. I took less interior work with comics because that's a monthly grind that can be exhausting. You need to turn in 22 pages every 30 days so it doesn't leave a whole lot of room on those sorts of deadlines. I became more of a cover artist in response to that because I have more control over how many single issues single images I can create a month as opposed to trying to do an entire issue of a book. And did you have any arts that you found particularly helpful in coping with the disease or reconciling the new state of health? I really just dealt with the two things separately. I've not brought my disease into my art or vice versa until this project with Voices of MPNs, I decided that these diseases are so poorly known, I wanted to help spread the word and, you know, just basically tell the stories of people that are living with these diseases so that they are not considered orphans anymore and and people can recognize what the symptoms may be and that there are effective treatments for them. So that's actually a great lead-in to talking about your work in MPN Unmasked um, a little bit more. So as we mentioned before, it was a project to highlight patients with MPNs, um, a group of blood cancers. And your role in the project was doing the illustrations. So did you find that your experience diseases already impacted your style and artistic decisions in this project? Not really, but I do think that working in comics all these years gave me a certain suite of tools that I could use. And that's basically storytelling. So I sort of treat these interviews and then the subsequent illustrations of patients the same way I would with a comic cover where I read the script and try and find the best teaser image to get someone interested. I want the, um, the paintings of the individuals to basically interest the reader in delving into this individual story, finding out more about them. And so how do you identify when you find that moment? You find the, the passion within the person, I suppose. Yeah, that's why it's so great to talk to people. You really get a feel for what they're passionate about because they'll talk about it quite a bit more than anything else, often more than the disease. They like to tell you who they are. You just let people talk, they will tell you. So I, um, I kind of ask a few questions and just let them go. Did you find any common threads between the different people that you interviewed to do with the disease? Or did you find a lot of different individuals instead? Everyone has their own individual approach in life, but I have found that almost everyone is very tenacious and they find a way to 
cope with the initial shock of the diagnosis and then almost immediately find a way to live with it. These uh, patients that I've interviewed, these people that I've interviewed have been very passionate and very driven and determined. And that's one of the things or the main thing that I like to, um, to illustrate. It's why I like to show them living their passions, not their disease. How did you choose the patients who you interviewed? Most of the patients came to me through Insight. They were recommended for me, but one particular patient, Charles, was a, a friend of mine who's also a comic fan, which is how I met him. He had read about my disease years ago and came to meet me at a comic book convention. And he also had polycythemia vera, so we became pretty much fast friends. And I recommended him and was happy that he was accepted as one of the people we highlighted. And did you find that interviewing your friends created a different style of art? It actually made it harder because you know more about this person. Doing an interview, it was easier, I think, to um, hone in on a particular thing. Like one of the people, Jim, who's a basketball coach, his, almost his entire career, that was a, a pretty easy no-brainer what to do for him. But my friend Charles has a lot of different passions and interests, so it was a little bit harder for me to... Uh, decide which way to go with him. Did making the portraits change your relationship with the disease as well? I think that it made me more confident in a way in dealing with my own treatment, just seeing how other people were hiking up their socks and getting back in there and, and keeping up with the good fight, just to see people not giving up, not giving in. Uh, that it's inspirational for me, and I hope that I brought some of that to the illustrations of the individuals that I did. Did you have much of a community within the disease world before this, or was this sort of a probing of that world? Luckily, there are some good online communities, and I've made friends with a number of people over the years in that community. The online resources have been really great in that and we share um, information, talk about what's going on with us, not just with our disease, but uh, what's going on in our lives. So I think that I, one thing is I've been able to make a lot of contacts and friends through um, this community. I read on one of your links um, <laughs> that <laughs> while this condition has been one of my life's biggest challenges, I make a point to grow from it every day. I have a new perspective on life that I'm not sure I would have gained without going through this experience. I've decided to stop putting things off and get rid of the narrative that something can wait to be done another day. That sounds like a pretty fundamental shift. Did you find that your work ethic and your approach to life, your approach to your energy levels changed after you had this disease? I definitely decided that I can't put things off that I had been putting off. Uh, for example, I had written a graphic novel with a friend of mine that I'd been playing with on and off for about 10 years. And I just decided that, <laughs> you know, no more messing around and started active work on it recently. And a number of things like that, just there's, uh, there's a limited amount of time we all have, and I want to take advantage of it as much as possible and create as much as I can. I think my shift in thinking was 
there are projects that I want to do for me, not necessarily for a paycheck. And those are the things that I'm focusing on now. I've been working on illustrating one of my favorite books. I'm doing this graphic novel. I'm doing a lot of things for me now. I set up a new painting studio in my house and I started oil painting again. So seize the day, right? <laughs> Seems like a, the perfect approach. And so have you attempted to represent disease at all in your work? I don't really deal with it that way in my work, which is why I'm happy to work on this project where I can bring awareness. If it creeps into my personal work at all, it's very subtext. I'm working on another graphic novel that deals with um, a pandemic disease a couple hundred years back. Uh, it's a period piece. and. So if I think about disease at all, it's maybe subsumed in that context. Uh -huh. So did you begin that project before the current pandemic or it's related? I did, I did. It's uh, so you were prepared. terrifyingly prophetic in some ways. Were you thinking about, yeah, all of these effects that a pandemic could have on the world already? Yeah, yeah, I have a, a bit of an obsession and have for years on um, the Black Death in Europe in the, the 1300s. That's been sort of an area of interest for me. And I read a lot of history. So when this came along, I said, oh, this looks a little bit familiar. When it rolled around, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. So how did that history affect your experience of the pandemic? Well, right now I am, like everybody else, just trying to keep safe. Uh, we're staying in. It's, it's obviously crashed any kind of outside the house life, but we're very lucky. Uh, I think that having work to concentrate on helps me a lot personally. It keeps me busy, keeps me focused on something besides the horrors that's going on outside every day. And has your experience with disease affected how you've approached your work to do with the pandemic? I don't think so. If anything has affected that, it's a lot of us in comics are sort of science nerds. Mm -hmm. So just the fact that I was already reading a lot of science um, and kind of fell into research. The pandemic came along, you know, read as much as possible educate, which is sort of the thing for living with a, a chronic disease, like uh, one of these MPNs. It's uh, do your research, do your research, do your research. And do you have any theories about why so many comic book people are also into science? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, I should really think about that sometimes. It's a nice overlap of the arts and sciences. <laughs> yeah, everybody generally thinks of the two things as being very separate, but I don't, you know. It, to me, it feels like a natural thing just to have this curiosity about the world. And a lot of my, my cohort in, in comics, they're the same way. You know, I guess that's stories come out of anywhere. So to have an ear to the ground all the time is a, a place to find material. So just to wrap things up, you've mentioned some advice already for other rare disease patients, including staying positive and making sure to seize the time that you do have. Um, would you have any other advice for other rare disease patients? Absolutely. Be your own health advocate. 
it's I can't stress that enough. I've heard stories of people who fell in immediately with fantastic doctors, but I've also heard some stories of people in different areas where maybe their initial encounter with the doctor, they didn't understand or know that much about these diseases because they are rare and were unclear on their treatment. And it wasn't until they found a specialist that they began to get good treatment for the disease. So I just learn about it, talk to your doctor. If your doctor doesn't seem clear about it, then find someone who is. Okay, well, great. Thank you so much. This has been JG Jones on, wait, how do you spell that? A rare disease podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.